ladies and gentlemen welcome back when was the last time we recorded i a month maybe um yeah, it's, it's actually right. it's it's been a minute it's been a minute but um here we are we're back we're feeling good i guess apologies for for not recording in that time frame but in all honesty we're not really that sorry mainly because we were both traveling we were all over the place we were enjoying life getting out there um i'm a big i'm a big sidemen fan Rian, like on youtube i oh, love gotcha, a lot yeah. of content one of my favorite sidemen quotes um has got to be when <laughs> i'm not gonna go into extreme detail one of them just loses their shit over a fifa game and he's like, you boys have no life. <laughs> Go on a hike. <laughs> See outside. <laughs> and uh, and that's ultimately what we did the last couple of weeks. So here we are. We're back yeah. talking a lot of football after the season is now, or the club season, I should say, has now ended. We still, of course, have U.S. men's national team playing. We have the Women's World Cup coming up. We have Euro qualifiers, uh, as well as the Nations League, uh, which just wrapped up. So there is still something, you know, still are some things going on before next summer. Uh, I was doing the math around. We have uh, the uh, Euros, we have uh, Copa America, and we have the Olympics. So, yeah, that's going to oh be. Oh, my fun. gosh. Yeah, this is too much. It's too much. Their players, like, uh, preseason starting in, like, two, three weeks for some players. Like, No, thank you. I I don't envy them at all. But... Either way, it's good to have you back. Good to, to chat with all of you as well. Or hopefully you're enjoying this from some place of comfort. We're going to talk a lot about transfers going on. That's kind of been the big news. We're not going to touch too much on the Champions League, the Europa League, the fact that City won the treble. I think that's all been either covered or everyone, if you have not or didn't figure that out, you must be living under a rock. I was going to make a really bad Titanic joke, but I do not want to. <laughs> so, nope, I'm not going to go there. Nope, can't do it. We're going to talk transfers, um, and we'll talk, of course, about the U.S. men's national team, what's going on in the world of football. So, Rian, um, now that you're back, now that I'm back, um, while I was away on my travels and while you were away as well, I had the chance to refresh Twitter about every couple of hours. And by every couple of hours, I mean every couple of minutes. Um, <laughs> in the saddest way possible... We had to start off with the biggest transfer. It's not even a transfer. It's just a free agent pickup at this point. Lionel Messi has played what is likely his last competitive game in European football, which is a very sad sentence to say. But at the same time, I've processed my grief, so I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about it. Give me your thoughts on on Messi going to Inter Miami. Other than the fact that I think we, you and I both have the same idea to see when Inter Miami played Red Bulls and see how much tickets were, to which we promptly realized we were priced out immediately. Uh, I'm so mad I did not pick up a ticket the day. Before, I mean, and I, and I, I don't even think he's going to play. In that he's not going to. It's not going to no. be his jersey. He's not going to be playing. So not. all those people, even funnier, those people that were buying those tickets, like he's not going to play until like end of July. I don't think. I think right now the projected first game is the first game of like the League's Cup, which is the yeah. MLS versus Liga MX um, tournament that they're, you know, both, both leagues are taking a, a whole month off for that. Um, so, you know, just, just to if, prep you, for Messi. <laughs> if you were, if you, if you or someone you know was uh, dumb enough to, Favor ticket before they before even like looking into when he might actually first play. Then uh, I feel really bad for you. <laughs> my uh, my dad had honestly a, a thought that I, I think is is very real at this point. I showed him ticket prices for like some of these games, um, and he was like, "Do you, do you know what I can get with that kind of money?" He's like, "I can buy a brand new TV just to watch this game, and it's still going to be cheaper." <laughs> like why would like why would I do that? So look, Messi it, it was it was to use a, a very weird pun here, it was very messy getting him to enter Miami. Like I think there were a lot of factors that kind of went into this, right? You had an element of financial fair play as well as La Liga regulations making it really difficult for him to come back to Barcelona, which I think we kind of understood that to be his number one choice, along yeah. with his families, along with Barcelona and and honestly I think everyone wanted that to happen at the same time you also 
you know, he did an interview after it was announced that he is going to enter Miami. And I think it was really telling, right? He kind of explained that he didn't really want the same things that happened in 2021 to reoccur two years later in that a lot of his future was decided by other people. And I think he didn't feel like he had full control over his future, where he was going to go, which is completely fair. It's like, imagine someone else deciding which job you're going to work for the next couple of years. Like that's really, really tough. And it has an impact on you as a player, as a person, him and his family, his kids. Like there are elements of football sometimes that we as fans obviously forget about because they're not in tune with our day-to-day lives. And so, I mean, ultimately that's what it came down to. And I have many questions about this. There are always going to be questions about how could the best player of all time not come back home. But especially with the Gundawan news coming out today that he, they kind of very quickly took care of registering him. But <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's just sad at the end of the day. But like I said, I've learned to accept that he's going to tear it up and score a bajillion goals <laughs> in, uh, in Miami. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Barcelona side of this is, for if you're a romantic, obviously that's the sad. That is somewhat sad. I mean, I don't know. It goes. It is. I mean, for also as someone who's not a Barcelona fan, it's kind of hilarious considering what they did in the last two summers, especially going back to last summer. Just you know, putting money, throwing money around, and and giving up to, like percentages of future revenues for the next like two decades to sign guys like frank cassie <laughs> like, okay, and like a, a player who might who they would be very okay with leaving their the club this summer like, uh, it, it, it's called accounting bro you wouldn't understand <laughs> <laughs> so you know i i on one side i feel sad for maybe some faction of barcelona fans but the same ones that were telling that were telling everyone last year we need Rafinha (laughs) like we need we need all these players you don't get it we need to give up (laughs) our firstborn child to be able to register Frank Kessier and also keep Eric Garcia for this season (laughs) come on I mean I anyway I I don't feel bad for them in that sense because they put themselves in this position I mean, obviously, part of this is the former president's fault, and then the current president also, you know, going weird with last season. And um, it all worked out. They won the league, of course, but uh, it put them in this position where they couldn't bring back the best player in their club's history. And not only that, they put him in a position where he felt like he didn't want to go back if it meant other players had to be like forced out of the city, right. And forced out of the club. Um, They put him in a position where he actually had to say like, this is not the best move for me uh, personally. So that, that's sad in that sense. Um, And obviously we had the other part of this with the Saudi league ready to give him like a a billion. That that was a real over three years. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, And that one, another like personal decision where he made like he i don't want my family living there basically you know end of the day yeah. and and he already has like a a sponsorship deal or ambassadorship deal going with them for i don't know how many number of years but he's already getting paid a bag anyway so like like money's not an issue i think for him and i think he said that exactly. publicly right it's not even just me saying it, it's just public like i don't think it's an issue for him but when you get to a certain point in life like other things matter more and i think that's ultimately what it came down to and look i'm excited to see him play in in america that's kind of a crazy concept and now that i'm saying it like it's also a massive coup for inter miami because they have not only secured messi like that that in and of itself is absolutely incredible but the league itself has and the fact that apple adidas and all of the MLS teams, just as a byproduct of how the league is structured, essentially chipped in to bring Messi to like the MLS is an insane concept, and like it feel it feels like a very very big tipping moment in in the context of uh, MLS history. And so, yeah, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, although interestingly, like what's come out in the last day or two, I think it was Jorge Mas, who's, who's the 
owner, one of the owners of, of Inter Miami, he actually came out and said that it's that the rest of the MLS teams are not involved on the in the salary here. Oh, really? Which, which makes me wonder where the hell are they getting this money from? But sure, Don't but worry about it. yeah, honestly, yeah, the, <laughs> the less it's, said, the better. It's literally um, got to be Apple and Adidas at that point. Cause I've, yeah. Miami, let me let me be clear about something. Like like we both know this. Inter Miami are not a good team. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the worst team right now in the Eastern Conference. Like yeah. one of the worst teams in the league, period. Um, <laughs> which obviously makes us a pretty cool, like almost like video game story <laughs> where you're like, what happens when I put um, arguably the best player in the history of the sport on one of the worst teams in the league? Um, the only thing that would have made this even better was if Phil Neville didn't get fired like a week before this no, happened. God, no, that would have been just peak comedy, but yeah. Uh, it, it sounds like potentially Tata Martino will be the will be the new Inter Miami coach, which makes yeah very very convenient. Sense. Someone who is not only Argentinian but has also coached Messi before, so you know, <laughs> yes. crazy how that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so like we said, all in all, it's amazing amazing development for MLS as a as as a, uh, a league. Um, and I know some, I've seen people comparing this to Beckham coming to MLS. Of course, this is. All due respect to David Beckham, who is one of the like the coolest celebrities ever. I'm just not. I mean, also a fan. I also like an amazing uh, soccer player. But Lionel Messi is like, this is another level. We're talking <laughs> again. Yeah. Th- I think you can only really compare this to Pele coming Pele and playing coming, for the Cosmos, yeah. right? That yeah, that is the only exactly comparison, it. right? And yep. and U.S. soccer as a um as like a league or as like a soccer developed country is in a much more advanced place than it was when Pele came. And so I don't even, I don't, I don't know yet what the potential is of all of this. I just know that I'm not sure that casual soccer fans are quite casual soccer fans who, who will now like probably tune in a bit more to what's going on in MLS because of Messi, I'm not sure that they understand quite how insane this is going to be. Elias, you and I went and watched Leo Messi play against Jamaica at Red Bull Stadium, and there were three different pitch invaders. <laughs> All in the second half, by the way. Well, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, he only played the second half. Correct, yes. Yeah. Three, there were three different pitch invaders in what felt like maybe half an hour. Yeah, yeah. And he just popped up and scored two goals, by the way. Yes. Like, yeah. So, I mean, that's also part of the reason why I'm like, you know, I will maybe wait a bit. I'm not going to go crazy <laughs> on buying tickets for him because I can't say I saw him right before that World Cup and saw him score two goals. But yeah, um, I don't think that people understand quite. I don't think people understand yet. <laughs> like, just it's going to get really crazy. It's going to get insane. Um, I hope that they just have the safety measures in place. That is my they one of my concerns. Yeah, they really do. I mean, that's not for us to necessarily worry about, but there's got to be protocols in place because maybe there is a difference between an Argentina friendly with a couple thousand people, I guess, before a World Cup that he hadn't won fair. yet. Like, yeah, maybe fair. there's a slight difference, but like now, no, there's, I mean, he's got to have like, I, I like basically secret service walking around <laughs> yeah. with him at yeah. these games. Like it's going to be nuts. So anyway, we'll move away from, from Messi, obviously coming to MLS and we're very excited. Another player who is a former teammate now of Lionel Messi, uh, Kylian Mbappe, um, apparently sending a, the equivalent of a French borough fax, as we so famously <laughs> became known with that phrase a couple of years ago um, to PSG, their board, um, basically saying he's not renewing for the extra plus one year on his contract in uh, from 2024 into 2025, which would essentially mean this is the, he's entering the last year of his contract. And what that also means on top of that is he's a free agent come June of 2024. And the stories are back and forth. We can go back and forth on who said what he said, she said, but what Kylian Mbappe essentially has been saying publicly or in private is that I told PSG that I'm not renewing the plus one basically last year. Like from the beginning, they've always known, but PSG stance has never been that that's essentially where we're at. 
And there was an interesting New York Times article. I don't know if you got a chance to read it, but I'll send it to you later. I didn't get a chance to read it. It's about Mbappe's mother and how she is essentially a mediator and a pro-negotiator between PSG himself, as in Mbappe, and Real Madrid. And the only thought that came to my head, and I saw someone tweet about this too, is that you do not mess with North African slash French mothers. <laughs> like you, like it's just yeah. I was gonna say French mothers in general. Like what? What is with this? No, it's. I mean, like, I guess he. Had, this makes so much more sense now. Why hit? Why it, <laughs> reportedly his mom or slash parents feuded with uh, Rabios at the at that Euros a couple of years ago. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like this is. I can culturally tell you, you're in for a bad time. It's just <laughs> whoever you are, I don't even care. Um, but look, Mbappe is probably entering into the last year of his contract. What happens? Like, what what do you think he should do? I mean, Real Madrid have already come out and said we, after Jose Lu, have essentially completed their signings for the summer. Right? <laughs> Hilarious headline. Jose Lu will be the last signing of the season. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um. <laughs> yep, we're good. Bellingham and Jose Lu. Those are our guys. <laughs> all, all respect, respect to, to Jose Lu. He did he did score over ten goals in the league this season. So yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, <laughs> but that is just a hilarious concept. Um, yeah, I think I mean I think we expect him. I would expect him to run this deal down. I don't see how who can afford you know whatever whatever like death grip that will be like required to take him away from from psg like in terms of their evaluation i i, I think maybe reports are saying that they don't want to lose him for free but you know ultimately they, they don't have a real say in this like if he just decides that, yeah. to play it out then he'll play it out um so I, I expect him to, to run it down and go to Real Madrid. And I mean, obviously Real Madrid knows he wants to go there. I just don't know who is willing to make that transfer, knowing that realistically, even if you do spend 150, let's just say base, base <laughs> will be 150 million euros, right? You know that realistically two years from now, <laughs> like... He's yeah. just gonna want to go to Real Madrid. Like I don't know, and, and and you don't you know that even if you do oh, sign I'm sorry, him, you're you not. mean PSG paying him that salary? <laughs> no, no, oh. no. Oh no, my god, I was no. like, there's what? No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying 150 million to just tra to transfer right. for the for the right, transfer right. fee, right? And that's not even considering what his wages will be for, yeah, for yeah, you, yeah, yeah. right? Um, I, and 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 you know that with the position that he's in now, and and we all know he wants to go to Real Madrid. He's not signing any long-term deal with the team, even if they do um, agree on a transfer fee. So right. PSG have no leverage in this yeah. case. Like, they have absolutely none. Um, and and it'll just exactly basically what happened as this Messi, as the Messi's contract ran out. It's going to be the same thing. Like, I don't know. Like, like maybe Macron yeah. will try and talk him into staying again. <laughs> 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 which apparently worked like yeah yeah that uh, well yeah that and you know getting more money than god helps too <laughs> <laughs> like, but They're literally but, most humans on earth yeah 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 so i don't so i um i see him just running this contract out so that to me means that you think real much are gonna go for him next summer not this summer and yeah. i can i can get on board with that to a degree I, I think like what do real madrid really have to lose by like just waiting a year realistically you know he wants you you want him it's like mm -hmm. the world's worst dating show but yeah. at the same time i honestly don't think and this could be the hot take of the year i don't think there's a position at real madrid for killian mbappe oh agreed and, Totally agree. As long as we're on the same page, then I I think this is a dumb transfer. Like I don't yeah. think he should go to Real Madrid. And I am yes biased, but I legitimately, for playing style alone, do not think he should go to Real Madrid. 
you have Vinicius, who is arguably one of the world's, if not the world's best left winger right now. Yeah, I, I, I would Mbappe. put him. Uh, yeah, I would put him as. I mean, I guess you have to throw in Mbappe, of course. Like he, that's and, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you can't have one and two <laughs> playing yeah. in the same position. And, and Mbappe doesn't like playing through the center, through, through the exactly. middle. Exactly. We know yes. that. <laughs> like that was made quite obvious <laughs> over the last two clear. years. Yeah. Yes. And so where does that leave you? It leaves you with leaving out one of Vinicius or Mbappe. And it's not like Vinicius is like injured all the time. In fact, he's probably the the player in La Liga with some of the highest number of <laughs> long distance sprints in a game. Like he is insanely talented and insanely, um, what's it called? Has insane endurance. So like, where does Mbappe play? I'm sorry, but like, this is this is a poor transfer. And it's, I think very much rooted in emotion and probably Florentino Perez sitting in a dark room with no windows, just like licking his lips and doing, <laughs> doing a little finger motion in, in an evil way. Um, just to get a, one up on PSG partially. So unless they have plans to get rid of Vinicius, I legitimately think this could be a bad move for, move for Real Madrid. Yeah. I mean, uh, agreed. I, I, I can't say that I will be shocked that, the team that let Martin Odegaard go for like 30 million euros <laughs> after only giving him like six months of a chance yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that, that they might have a bit of a blind spot in terms of emotion and just looking at raw talent with players. Um, so <laughs> what, a, what a concept. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Mbappe, wherever you go to next, whether it's the summer or next, wish you the best of luck, but I think it might, makes the most sense for him to leave next summer to also get a bag wherever he wants to go anyway. Yeah. So. That's the biggest thing, right? Like he, he no. gets the, the transfer fee means very little to him, right? That, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The transfer fee means very little to the players. Um, yeah, Newcastle, here he comes. <laughs> I, honestly, a we'll better get, fit. Generally, we'll, a better is, fit. <laughs> but, 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 we'll, uh... we'll get there in a second. <laughs> we'll get to all that stuff later. Um, Rian, I want to talk about a couple other transfer rumors slash basically confirmations that we got today as of what's today? Today, Tuesday? Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday. yeah. Um, Kai Havertz and Ilkay Gundogan. Kai Havertz going to Arsenal and Gundogan going to Barcelona. Um, cause apparently we have money. Kai Havertz, <laughs> let's start there. Um, how you guys managed to basically recoup your money on that transfer. Shocking. Don't know how that happened. B, I feel like, I feel like this is actually, this makes sense. Like I, I can see why Mikel Arteta is thinking about someone like Kai Havertz. You obviously are much more familiar with him than I am. Talk to me through your thought process with this. Yeah, I think one of the the first things I think about um, is what, what you brought up, like the the fee itself. Chelsea almost like it, it depends on whatever report you believe. <laughs> honestly, like, error, like, like you know, error, whatever whatever report you want to believe, I suppose. But but uh, about getting very close to breaking even on his initial transfer fee is is just just not something i was expecting at all um <laughs> just 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 not something i would have expected um there's other parts of me too that's uh, sad to see him leave because I, he is a player that i that i really did want to succeed uh i want to succeed more he obviously had stretches where he succeeded a lot obviously the champions league final that that will chelsea fans will n never forget that in terms of um his contributions to the club a frustrating player a lot of times, but a player that I also think that was never really in a good situation the last three seasons or a situation that could have taken advantage of his strengths. That being said, I, I do think that he, that you do need the right situation for him to thrive because he is not necessarily, um, Exception. He's not necessarily world class at one thing. He's really, really good at a like a group of of different skill sets, right? That yeah. that all kind of make him a very well, a extremely well rounded player. Um, but it's just the the fit has to be quite particular with him, and I and I think um, I think he would thrive more in this current Arsenal team 
than the Chelsea sides of the past just because of the player profiles that will be around him. Having Saka and Martinelli or who can be very direct wingers uh, if he if he is to play, you know, the false nine or even if I, I don't know if Arsenal is going to switch to like a four, two, three, one or, or I've seen some things talking about him playing as as an eight with Martin Odegaard, which, you know, as a neutral, that. I'm. I'm curious to see what that looks like. I don't I don't know if that is actually like a well-balanced midfield, but um, I, I do think that there is a, a better chance for him to succeed, at least as a false nine or a number 10 in like a 4-2-3-1 with Arsenal, with their current players. Um, Who do you I, take I out, I, though? Because I, while I agree with you, just if we, and and just for mm-hmm. him... That that makes sense, but like, yeah, you're replacing someone in that starting Arsenal starting eleven. Yeah, and and I also wonder, uh, I wonder if he's not necessarily earmarked as he's gonna start. He's gonna be a consistent starter yeah. because I think if you, I think if you were to to pencil him in as that, it gets very odd. It gets we it gets like hard. Right, um, the vibes are just off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think it gets really difficult to find the fit, right? Because you don't want to take Odegaard out. It's a guy who is, you know, at, in my opinion, at worst, like the second best player on Arsenal last season. Yeah. I, I think it's between either him or Saka. Uh, and I guess if we're expecting Declan Rice to also come in, you you suspect that he will play either the the deepest holding midfielder or in a double pivot with someone else who who may easy they're on the team right now, or maybe they will look to sign another defensive midfielder. Um, Cause it seems like with Thomas Partey's uh, let's just say legal situation, he no comment might have to be leaving England. Yep. Yeah. We're not, we don't have to say much more than that libel laws. So we're going to stay out of that one. Um, but it's it's a hard fit. I, I I I like you. I'm not sure if the if like a Declan Rice, Odegaard, and Havertz midfield three actually is something that works outside of FIFA. But yeah. um, but I I would be interested to see what to see it. I, I I'm curious. I'll put it that way. But I mean, um, that's, that's like the least balanced midfield, progressive midfield in Europe. You just have you just you you have to. <laughs> You basically have to win the ball back within three seconds of losing it yeah. every time. <laughs> Otherwise, you're screwed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I do think there's there's potential for this to really work, and especially when you think about the depth piece of it. Yeah. If we're saying that hey, he's not going to be someone who we expect to start every game, um, then you could see in a situation where either Odegaard gets injured or you need to rotate because they're in the Champions League. Then you bring in Havertz, and he can play in that position. He can rotate in for Gabriel Jesus as a number nine. Um, I, I I said in our in our Premier League like our little soccer group chat. I hope for Arsenal fans' sake that they do not try to play him on the wing at any point because you know people say, yeah, he can play across the whole forward line. He can't. I, I'm telling you right now. I've watched him. I've actually watched him do it. <laughs> I, I know the situations weren't very well set up, but he cannot play as a winger. That actually is stupid. That'll be a stupid decision. Um, Thank you for giving anyway. great coaching advice, by the way, to to Mikel himself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, that is not even one I'd be like, oh, I'm curious to see that. I, it's, yeah. I, I, it's not. It's, it's not even aesthetically cool. Like, don't, don't do it. I agree with you because, because think about where he plays for Germany, right? Like, yeah. that that position. He's never has he ever played on the wing for Germany? I don't think <laughs> it, so. I don't think but, so. And also think about it in the context of Germany's midfield and who he plays mm-hmm. in front of. Right? Mm-hmm. It's Musiala. Who else? Um, Gundogan. Gundogan, yeah, all of whom that and that midfield is very balanced, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why I mean, I think the argument for putting him as an eight next to Odegaard is like it's hurting my head. But like, <laughs> add Declan Rice and that might make my head explode. That's why I kind of think that having him in a ten role, false nine, maybe depending on you know a couple yeah, of factors with yeah, Saka the situation Martinelli, has but... to be very particular. Yeah, I think and I don't and... think you can play him there with like 
Trossard as as one of the wingers, right? Yeah. I think it's got to be Saka. And Mar- it has to be very direct yeah. guys who are going to take advantage of the space that he leaves, right? And it depends on the kind of team that you're playing. Like that, yeah, is of course, part. that too. That that's too. that's yeah. probably almost exclusively what it's about. So I see him more as a ten for Arsenal, and I think that could work really well. Let's skip the science experiments for right now because I can't handle that right now. I that. <laughs> I'm not there yet. But Kai Havertz to Arsenal, I think, is a really interesting one. And to to your point about <clears throat> excuse me depth, it's kind of what we ran into right with Arsenal last season. Like that the does the, yeah. fix a very obvious problem for them, which was depth. Now, whether that's depth at that position, could an argument can be made that's not necessarily true. But depth in general is something that's needed. And I know they're also looking at a center back. Obviously, they're looking at Declan Rice. So, yeah, all of which is very important. So, Rian, we'll leave it there with Kai Havertz. Glad to get your thoughts. I want to get your thoughts as well on Gundogan. And don't worry, I will share mine because I am in confusion. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, look, I love this transfer. For yeah, I was going to say, well, you're confused. Like, he's great. I, it's a great player we're talking no, about. No, no, no. Let me, let me explain this. <laughs> I'm very excited about the idea of Gundogan playing for my team. I'm very excited about the possibility of him mentoring players like Petri, Gavi, and Frankie de Jong. I'm very excited about what he can bring to this team, both on and off the field. I think he's a world-class player in his position and truly what this team needs to potentially take another step in the Champions League. And let me phrase or let me explain again, Champions League, not Europa League. Like I, I, <laughs> I genuinely do think that, that he is the type of player and profile that we needed. I still, it leaves such a bad taste in my mouth, not fully understanding the financial picture of where my club is at. Because you, you can't, I can't understand with not one single sale being made since the time Messi basically said, I'm not going to join. And Barcelona saying, we can't guarantee you anything to effectively La Liga approving the registration of Gundogan once he signs as a free agent, even though their wages weren't that dissimilar. Like both would have had to take pay cuts. Gundogan is taking a pay cut. Like it, it genuinely blows my mind. And <laughs> I, I cannot understand the financial picture of my club anymore. I thought I did. And do, I do tried think, to explain it in the past, but do you think that means that there is someone who's closer to leaving than, than maybe reports have come out about? No. that's actually a good point i hadn't thought about it that way it's um it's entirely possible i think what is what is more likely is that there's something going on between la liga and barcelona and i'm not saying it's shady mm-hmm. or anything but there there is some sort of math being done because also yesterday gavi was officially approved as an official la liga player with a number six and that's been an mm-hmm. ongoing legal battle for the last six months so to me, it seems like those the two parties have come to some sort of agreement or understanding around the financials of the, the club, and you're seeing the results of that now. Do I think Barcelona need to sell players this summer still? Absolutely. I, I hope they have someone's phone number from Saudi Arabia, but like beyond that, I have yeah. no idea uh, where, where players are going to go to. Yeah. Ferran Torres, better learn to speak <laughs> Arabic, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or if Luis Enrique goes to uh, PSG and becomes their new manager, uh, oh. of course, we know about yeah, their... Yeah, he loves him. He loves so. him, yeah. <laughs> lo- I love guys who just get in really good positions to disappoint all the time. <laughs> no, wait, did you not get what I'm going for? Oh, no, no. He's dating his daughter. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah, That's so great. I that mean, makes there's the Spanish selections. They make so much more sense now. <laughs> you would think it would have been the opposite as a result, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, love the Gundogan transfer. Are there any other like big transfers that I missed? I'm Bellingham. Bellingham, I mentioned it Bellingham, earlier. Yeah. Big, big one. Obviously, really interested to see how that midfield develops in terms of uh, what. Like who's going to be starting, honestly, on the beginning, right? Um, I mean, Valverde, odd man out. Not not literally, but also metaphorically. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, he probably is. Oh, probably the is, racists yeah. in Spain are losing it. 
yeah, that's a that's a huge transfer. We don't see British players going. I mean, obviously, he's been playing at Dortmund for the last few years, but we don't see them staying off sh- outside of the UK so long. And and I think it's um, I think it's really impressive for from to have already lived in Germany for these for these years and then moving to Spain. Um, I think it's a really cool, really his his career has been really cool so far. I think in terms of the moves that he has made, um, and I, I think that I think he's a different type of player than. Uh, any of the other Madrid midfielders from the last couple of years, right? He's a, he's a different player. He's he is not he is not like as some normal center mid, right? Like you, if you watch, plays very. I think but box to box is the best way to put it. Yeah, but he's someone who likes getting forward a lot too as well. So I don't expect him to to kind of be like the ball progressing midfielder. I think he's the guy that's like in between the lines that. Whether it's Modric, whether it's Chouameni or um, Kemavinga, obviously we expect him to get more time in, in center mid this season uh, or this upcoming season. I think that Bellingham will always be the more advanced of those midfielders. And honestly, like Definitely. in terms of playing style, is not super different than than Valverde. Uh, he's better. He's a better player technically, of course, but yeah, um, not. It not extremely different in terms of their in terms of uh, again like their profile like style of player. Agreed. Yeah, and and one of the interesting things to me, right, has all especially in the last season has been who's going to effectively kind of win out in the defensive midfielder role for for Real Madrid. And to I, I kind of think about who would be a better pairing with Bellingham, and I think my honest answer is still Camavinga. And I don't know where that leaves Chouameni in that three, because I don't think Chouameni is is an interior midfielder uh, of, of any sort. Yeah. But maybe this starts to... Real Madrid are going to go through a lot of changes this season between Toni Kroos and Modric probably starting to be phased out of that midfield. And also, this is Ancelotti's last season as Real Madrid coach. And I'll tell you already right now, my very early prediction for this season in Spain... Carlo Ancelotti gets sacked at some point in the season. Mm. Um, but I, I, I do think Camavinga is kind of best positioned to be that defensive midfielder for the next 10 plus years for Real Madrid, um, along with Jude Bellingham kind of not side by side, but in that advanced role. And I think what's going to be really interesting is going to be how does Bellingham fit in with his teammates? Not not just on the field, but at Dortmund, like he he was a very commanding presence. And yeah. I think he he elevated himself to almost captain status because of just how much you know work rate and work ethic he put on the field. Yeah. You could you and could like, say that him missing the final the final game of the season for Dortmund might have been the difference between them yeah. being champions and not right. Yeah, and honestly, like we can we can play that game for a while, and Dortmund fans will probably lose their minds, Marco Rose <laughs> included. Um, yeah. But quite honestly, like. I'm very curious to see how he like culturally almost gets along with the rest of the team and, and how he fits in. Cause he is a very commanding presence uh, and that's a good thing. That's a good yeah. thing. So yeah, that's a good one. A good shout. I think that's mostly the transfers. I don't know if or the big ones, at least the rumors, the non rumors. Um, I know, gosh, in Kunku coming to Chelsea, I think was announced. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was, that was also announced. Um, Around basically on this, I think it was basically on the same day as this handful of Chelsea players get moved out. Yeah, yeah, right? just quietly announced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beyond that, I don't think there's any other big ones that are have been announced or major rumors. Uh, who knows what happens with Neymar as well? I mean, I feel like well, with he and his and his uh, wife. Or... Uh, no, 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 no. Just I mean, it, is there something Wait, missing see... here? <laughs> Did I miss something? Did you see? This might have this might have been like within the last couple hours, but but Neymar put <laughs> on his on his IG like an oh, apology no. for cheating on his maybe she's not his wife but uh, pregnant girlfriend slash wife. Yikes! <laughs> yeah. that, wow, that is not. Go- oh wow, this is one hour ago. Okay, um, 
<laughs> yeah, so I don't want him back at Barcelona for a variety of reasons. That's just a, a one additional one. But uh, he said Zion Williamson. I'll do you one better. <laughs> we haven't been on in a month. Thing. We're, we're just losing it. Yeah, honestly, this is not. I mean, now, now, I mean, Zion tops tops this by a lot still. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. It's just he loves. He does love the NBA, Neymar. So. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> oh God. Um, uh, all right. As we, we, talk about... no, no, go on. Go no, on. no, no, no. Please, please. No, I no. I, I didn't know. I didn't. Hole. I didn't know if you if you were going on the same the same as me here. But um, I know. I already like touched on a little bit with the with the exodus that is happening with Chelsea players right now. Uh, specifically, yes, wow, we completely skipped over this. I don't know. I was about to move on to to literally talk about the U.S. Men's National Team in the Nations League. Yeah, let's talk about Saudi Arabia for a second, Rian, because mm-hmm. that has been something that a lot of people are starting to draw. I guess what you can call uneducated conclusions about um, about the PIF, the Saudi Arabian Fund, um, the state backed fund if i may <laughs> uh clear lake which that, that, course, no worry that is what they are yeah yes 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um just have to turn around every couple of minutes you know yeah. but um clear lake which of course is uh can i say a bully backed pe fund if uh, a, P, uh, a private equity yeah pe firm yeah. Invo- yes yeah we can leave it at that and, and and there are other partners involved with clear lake right in mm-hmm in the Chelsea context and the non-Chelsea context as well. Um, And of course the state of Saudi Arabia. Now the general conspiracy theories, if I'll call it that is that while Chelsea need to offload players, they have turned to Saudi Arabia and the Saudi Arabian league obviously is scooping up as many star players as they can, not only to boost their own status in world football, but also probably to sell the idea of the 2030 or 2034 World Cup bid being in Saudi Arabia yeah. after what, I guess from objective measures, you can call a successful World Cup in Qatar. Now, the conspiracy theories are Clear Lake and the PIF own Chelsea in some capacity, right? Clear Lake is a majority owner. The owners of clear lake are very much in tune with the pif as a result of various partnerships and i'm not even saying that in a scandalous way it is truly oh no partnerships pif the 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 pif fund invests in Mm -hmm. is an investor in clear lake funds like that that is that is that is that is truth yeah exactly so none of that is shady in fact clear lake is a very reputable pe firm I, I don't think any of us would really disagree with that i think where it gets a little interesting is why are all of a sudden saudi arabian pro clubs paying top top dollar to chelsea when they are effectively paying themselves through investing in clear lake because it's multiple chains of command. That that's the, that's the rhetoric, at least. I'm not saying that's that's what yes. is happening. Yeah, th- that's what the rhetoric. That, that's is. A, that is a conspiracy. Exactly, theory. exactly. Because as we know, Chelsea reported uh, revenue losses the last two years. Mm-hmm. Either you can talk about the transfers being a part of that. You can talk about COVID being a part of it. You can talk about yeah. the the war in Russia and Ukraine being a part of it. All of that is related. Now they obviously need to make up for that given financial fair play, the investments they made in the squad, and of course the fact that they need to shut players. So Rian, I'll hand it over to you. Explain to me why this isn't necessarily reality. Yeah, I I understand why people feel very uh, uncomfortable with this. And I'm going to come out and say it. Yeah, there is a reason to feel uncomfortable about this. I, I think... I think the summation of my summary of all of this is dumbass luck for Chelsea. <laughs> like <laughs> dumb, dumb luck. Um, a club that not only last season made some stupid transfers, but seasons prior, because when you look at the players, the only player that is going to Saudi Arabia from, from Chelsea that was actually 
signed by the new ownership is Koulibaly. The other guys were signed by the last ownership. <laughs> <laughs> and, and specifically guys like Ziyech, uh, who was a part of that season was it, about three years ago, where Chelsea bought uh, a harem of attacking midfielders that did not make any sense playing together at all. <laughs> Right, like that—that that is the—that is the real original sin of all of this. Is just the gross mismanagement of Chelsea squad, even leading up to the change in ownership. Um, but the the dumb luck part of this, and and what still is fair to make people feel uncomfortable about, is the fact that, like you said, Piff invests in some funds in at Clear Lake. They invest in a lot of funds around like in the, around the world in general but yeah they are an investor in clear lake who obviously have a who obviously um own i believe about 60 percent of chelsea the obvious connection to make here which is not even like a conspiracy really is owner of owners of chelsea have business relationship with owners of these of these clubs and so when the owners of piff i mean owners of the clubs obviously it's piff um when they're looking for hey who are some not 35 year old plus players (laughs) (laughs) that, that are still that are still quite talented and marketable and in in all of the in every case with the chelsea players going over there muslim who are who are some guys that we could look for? Most likely, what happened is one of the first calls that they made was to Todd Bowley and Chelsea <laughs> and clearly, and and that is and that is about as far as the conspiracy goes. And <laughs> I guess maybe I'm very cynical, but that is just how I don't know life. That, that's how business works. <laughs> that's just how, you know, you're the bit like, it, if we really want to go into every owner of every European club and see where they might have money in another guy's fund, <laughs> like, I, I think it gets, I think it gets pretty money. I think we're going to be able to throw the conspiracy theory out on a lot of transfers. Honestly, you're, you're going to find uh, the Spider-Man meme basically everywhere. Like, like realistically. And, and again, not to say that any of this isn't still pretty uncomfortable and doesn't feel right. Like, of course, yeah. like Chelsea's Chelsea's benefiting from a multi-billion dollar business relationship. Like that, that is just, that is, that is the simplicity of it. That like, but to to think that like Piff gets any sort of value out of paying thirty million for Kaldu Kulabali, like when no one else in Europe is gonna pay twenty million for that guy, like right. there's no profit happening here for Piff because they are paying at, at like just about market rate, like, like Hakim Ziyech going for like twenty million or something, like. That feels kind of below what he's worth, right? I know he's yeah. been hasn't had a good few seasons with Chelsea, but that feels not market value. But Chelsea need to get rid of the wages, and and same thing with Mendy, and same thing with Koulibaly, and um, I mean the, the Conte thing. Conte was a free agent, so that's not even really. Uh, yeah, they, I guess they did us a solid by us not having to resign him. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> but like, but yeah, um, I, I just. I I I think that a lot of people are you know kind of like oh, posing the question. Yeah, you know, you're posing the question without like knowing how I don't know business relationships work. Yeah, basically. yeah. <laughs> like, I do I do think that's important to note is that like this is basically how all operations occur. It is also, and you sent me the athletic article kind of about this, but generally speaking, like it's probably in the Saudi state's best interest to not create obvious conflicts of interest that should and could be investigated. Like, especially right now with the Newcastle takeover and they obviously went through a a myriad of what's it called Um, investigations to, to approve that, that takeover. And I'm sure this will happen when United get taken over as well. But like, 
the one thing from a conflict of interest standpoint that doesn't make sense to me in all this is that when Chelsea was taken over by Clear Lake, the, one of the factors, I guess, in approving that takeover is that basically there isn't there 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 wasn't Saudi or PIF money involved in the takeover. And I think that's mm. simply untrue. Like there's no way that there wasn't an involvement because PIF invests into Clear Lake funds. Like it's it's so, uh, unless there's so I can I, I can what I just don't understand it. But yeah, really, I I can I can dive into that as someone who works for a a firm that's like true. Clear Lake. <laughs> um, it being there's a very there's a big difference between being a part owner of Clear Lake and being an investor in their funds. Like the funds themselves are in uh, are invested by institutions. So like any fund, let's say that they are invested in a fund at the same time as New York State Retirement Fund, yeah. which which is an actual investor in, in I don't know right. if they're investing in Clear Lake or not, but like they are an investor in in other asset managers. That does not give you like ownership over the firm itself. And it doesn't even give you say over the investments that the fund makes, <laughs> honestly. Um, and so that part of it, I, I'm sure I, I would bet everything that, that PIF were not actually involved in the deal for Chelsea itself like I, I i will i will you know whatever bet whatever you want on it but like there there that is that is where i think like the dissonance is happening in, in the discourse on especially on twitter I, obviously you don't expect people to speak with sense on twitter for the most time for the most part anyway <laughs> especially when it's something that they have that they actually don't know about at all um but <laughs> that is where like the 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 um difference i think is being an investor in funds at um, asset manager is not the same thing as like owning part of the firm itself, which the Saudis right. do not. Yeah, that's a really good differentiator. And honestly, I feel like I'm learning a lot through all of this, which is <laughs> lovely. Um, genuinely, I think like it, the sport is heading in this direction, whether we like it or not, unless UEFA and or FIFA decide to put the stop to oh, all the, god which, bless <laughs> god bless yeah yep yep we're waiting on uefa and fifa to have a moral co like coming to god moment that somehow doesn't involve them making money yeah god bless <laughs> yeah so to riyadh's point that's never gonna happen so this is the direction the sport is going unfortunately do we have to get used to it yes is it a version of sports washing yes but 100 yeah I, I i don't i don't have an answer that i don't have an answer because i don't have a 75 billion dollar fund <laughs> that i manage yeah. um ultimately and money talks but before we wrap up Rihanna, i wanted to give you the chance to go through um a wonderful last couple of weeks for the u.s men's national team plus your friend Egg is coming back, uh, so that's interesting. <laughs> um, let's let's talk through the U.S. men's national team. Saw a couple things happen. We saw, of course, a three nil win against Mexico. We saw a two nil win against Canada, and I think we have our number nine, by the way. Um, Ooh, we yes also we saw do. we saw Brendan Aronson play in a role I don't think I've ever seen him play before. Um, Harasser. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he played. He, he played. He played a harasser for sixty minutes. For, yeah, against yeah, <laughs> Alfonso Davies and forced them to at least move him to the other side of the pitch. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious to watch. Um, and then of course, Egg coming back. I really just gotta call him Greg Berhalter because I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I stopped calling him Egg. I stopped. I know. It. I know. I know. But <laughs> anyway, give me your quick thoughts on where you think the U.S. men's national team is now because. It's probably the best result you could have asked for within the the Concacaf Nations League. Like hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously winning it, but winning it in the fashion that they did, completely dominant over Mexico to the point where their fans had to yell derogatory terms again to get the game stopped. 
<laughs> to like punish quote unquote punish their own team like beat their asses so much that they like they they just didn't want to play anymore like their fans didn't want to watch them the fans didn't want to watch them play anymore big one and the players themselves didn't want to play anymore <laughs> like after 60 minutes of just getting their asses handed to them um so that was wonderful like i, I the first time in my life watching the u.s play mexico and just and just have no doubt about how much better we are than them and and it says a bit too that this is this is also the worst mexican team i've ever seen in my time of watching the worst one like just a whole lot of mid all over that pitch right um I I I I do think that like obviously that gets factored into it too. But again, to not only be better than them, like like technically and, and quality wise, but also to just be more physical than them to the point where they have to get red cards to be to like try to outmuscle us. Like, to be fair, that is the rivalry. But you you make true, a really of good course, point, of course. Yeah. And and I think what was I, I know that the two red cards were like somewhat disappointing for some people because Weston and, and Sardinio got sent off and i mean weston's red card was honestly hilarious that he gets a red for that but whatever um the, the rip shirt was just a vibe afterwards so oh my gosh bad. yeah like the thing that, that this is what i'm getting to like this was worth it like obviously those moments were those moments were worth it but i think worth it in the sense too that the last few times we played mexico we have we we won obviously the the game in ohio um during world cup qualifying and then we got a draw at the azteca like we haven't lost to them in a while but in those games, especially thinking back to the the one in Ohio, like when those when it starts going sideways for Mexico and they just start being completely petulant and trying to goad us into doing things, and you know, we've kind of held it in before and and just kind of played played on, and, and not saying that I want us to keep doing what happened in that semifinal, but I'm, it I didn't was necessarily say the same thing by the way, but go ahead. Yeah, but 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 it was. I enjoy that they were finding like fuck that we're not taking this shit anymore like, and and especially like in the moment where Balogun gets scythed down after like mm-hmm. a, after like a great bit of like counter pressing and tracking back to get the win the ball back like just letting them know that they're not gonna be they're not gonna do this anymore and we're just gonna kind of try to be okay yeah we're gonna like let it go basically right like. Showing them that one, we're better than you, and we're also going to stick up for ourselves and stick up for teammates. Like, that was, I really enjoyed seeing that part of it. Again, hope that, you know, I hope that that, that was like everyone getting out their front, their frustrations towards the, like, <laughs> like what has happened in the past with the Mexican team against Mexico. I mean, um, so I, I hope that that doesn't continue and, and really hope that, that we keep it keep it bottled in especially with copa next next summer because oh that you know that we'll end up with like six red cards realistically yeah, if, yeah, we, yeah. if we're gonna go with that same energy because uh, those uh, you play against the south americans they will be much more cunning about not getting themselves <laughs> the red card and, and goading you into getting it so um you're going heads so i hope that like the the makers of basically shithousery so it, it's not yes exactly <laughs> exactly um so yeah i i hope that, that they keep the composure next time but that was great and then uh, against canada as well we have not had a lot of success against canada recently and again the game where we were just better and that was score early really happy for chris richards he got his goal and then balligan lovely just he i thought he was really good over both games he didn't score in the first one i thought his touches were so nice i I think his hold up and just the quality is 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 so there um and and also was happy for pepe to get his goal in that against mexico as well quite a moment the 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 camera panning from after he scores panning to the kid wearing u.s jersey with the mexican bandana and then like taking off the mexican bandana (laughs) like that was a really cool moment um but yeah i think there's a lot to look forward to with this team um, it was great seeing Giorena for you know, three of the four halves before he unfortunately got hurt again. But um, it all the water is wet. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, it 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 all should feel like we're really happy about this 
where this team is going. Um, and this is like the best U.S. side, like quality wise, the way they play, like the best they've ever. They, the I'll just say the best since I started watching. So let's put it like I don't know, twelve, thirteen years. <laughs> like it, it's um, it's it's really encouraging. Which gets us to the discourse oh after and, and, and the discourse around the the rehiring of Greg Berhalter. And I'm going to say it, at least I said it after the World Cup, if I remember correctly, that even with all of the issues that I've had with him in the past and and – We've had questionable player selection at times. We've had some very odd, not very odd, but conserve, very conservative tactics in games where it didn't feel like we didn't we needed it. Ultimately, I think I've come to this level, especially after watching the World Cup, how they performed in the World Cup. They played well in those four in those four games. Right? I, should have beaten Wales. Should have scored a second goal against Wales, really. They messed up a lot of counterattacks and then stupidly fouled the only remote threat on Wales in, in, in uh, Gareth Bale in the box, and that uh, game's ended a draw. Um, I thought they played well against England from a defensive point of view and, and really stopped England well, and then played really well against Iran, and then against the Netherlands, hit the ceiling. And that ceiling is quality. I... <laughs> There's, there's like one manager in the world that I think maybe we could have won that game with, and it's like Pep Guardiola. <laughs> but the lack, the difference in quality, is the thing that matters the most. And and at least I think I've come around. Things that you used to say a lot. Ultimately, at the day, talent is what ends up winning. And I think especially on the international level, that rings even more true because you just don't have time to coach tactics. Really, like you just yeah. don't really have the time. And. I ultimately getting to this point where I'm okay with Berhalter coming back. Let's just keep picking the guys who are good to, to bring into the team <laughs> and hopefully keep playing the guys who are good. And what the most important thing for this team over the next three years is that every player gets better. Kristen Pulisic needs to get better. Mostly needs to just stay healthy, honestly. Um, Gio Reyna needs better. to... Yeah, which <laughs> Giorano needs to stay healthy as well and continue to progress because he's still very young. I believe he's still 21. Um, Weston McKenney had a very tough second half of the season with Leeds. Like, he needs to get better himself. Tyler Adams, I thought, was very good for Leeds and hopefully just needs to stay healthy. Like, a lot of the core players of this team need to put themselves in a position to become better players. And that is ultimately what matters. Like if, if, yeah. if they are for the most part, the same level of player that they are right now, as they are in a year or two or three years, then again, only Pep Guardiola is saving us. So that's my, that's my piece. Um, at least any, I'll leave, I'll leave the floor for the, for you for the rest of this. Cause that was, that was, no, I no, no, no. Hon honestly, I actually really like that you, you ended on that note because it is true. You've come around to the idea that talent, talent does ultimately make the biggest difference at the end of the day over the larger period of time. And I think you are seeing that with the U.S. men's national team. What I will <clears throat> not question, but more just leave everyone with this potential thought, is Greg Berhalter the individual that will make these players better? And you said you sort of accepted that he's back and this is the team that we're rolling with, the coach we're rolling with. I'm not fully convinced that he is necessarily the manager to make these players better. Part of that is based on his feuds internally with players in the squad that I shall not name. Just, it's just one. It really is just one. It seems like a lot of the I other know. players like him. So it, it does. It does. But <laughs> it's not even the player himself. It's his parents. So. I know. It, it, that's the sad part. It's like yeah. this is something out of like an elementary school, you know, soccer game. But anyway, yeah. that's part of it. And then the other part of it is can you point to a player? And I actually have this issue with the Spain squad right now. Can you appoint to a player in the U S men's national team that is the best in their position, either on their respective club team in their respective club country 
or in the world? And look, obviously the answer is no. And that's setting a really, really high bar. No, just knowing in comparison to where the U.S. is compared to other top, top countries. You think top, top, I think you could make the argument maybe Balogun on on rim this this sure. past season. Yeah, but, and, but and that, that that's would, really the only one I can think of. Yeah, that would be the only one. I can't think of any others, unfortunately. But I do think there's an element of truth in what you were saying because those players have gotten better over the last two to three years. There's element of truth in that, and as long as that continues, I'm gonna be happy. But if 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 they don't continue to progress to the point of being the best in their positions, in their clubs, in their countries, and mm-hmm. in the world, that's when I think we're going to run to stagnation and to problems with Greg Berhalter. So that's going to be my mark. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Like it's, it's obviously a bit of both, right? I'm with you. I, I'm not, no, I'm not sure that he's the best coach to coach this team going forward, but it, it seems like our final options were him or Jesse Marsh. And you already know my feelings on Jesse Marsh. <laughs> like, yeah, I th- I'm so going to be okay with about, this one. I know. And we were just so excited about the idea of Jesse Marsh going to Leeds, and that didn't, yeah, that didn't work. I don't yeah, know how else to I, that one, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, look, I, and, and the, you know, I think you could litigate the Leeds stuff again, I, that, that he wasn't necessarily the problem, um, but he definitely wasn't the solution. Um, yeah. it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's just not not what I want to. I don't want to watch Murder Ball, dude. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> like, it's just not fun. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. fun to watch when you're actually supporting the team. It's fun to watch when you are a neutral. <laughs> true, true. It's funny to watch us. Yes, neutral. yes. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I think we'll wrap up. We'll let Rian get out of here. I think he actually does have a legitimate soccer game to play. Uh, I do not. But thank you as always for listening. It's good to be back, good to chat with and at least share some of our thoughts with you all. And we'll be back soon. Like I said, the Women's World Cup is coming up. Transfers are not going to end until August, September, probably at this point. So there's always going to be something to talk about. Thank you guys as always for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.